folks, and welcome to Treks and Sci-Fi number 505, and it's Chris and... Jen! (laughs) We're here talking about Mass Effect, the vast universe of Mass Effect, of which we're both gigantic fans. Yeah, and the reason this came about was I decided this summer I'm going to play through the Mass Effect games again, because it had been a long time, and I'd only played through three one time. Um... And I said, well, I want to play again, and I want to do it the way I want to do it, because I actually, you know, sometimes when you play, especially the first time through, this, these are games that have ramifications through all the games, which is actually the uh, very, very cool thing about these games, is that the decisions you make in Mass Effect 1 uh, affect Mass Effect 2, and so on. So it's a um, pretty cool series. Um Jen, what what do you think about the uh, the world, the universe of Mass Effect? I really enjoy it. It's very in depth, and I guess we should mention that Bioware, right? They're the ones that developed it, and and the reason I got into it so so much was because I was a huge fan of Knights of the Old Republic. Oh yes, and it's based on the same um, question and answer RPG system that they have, and um, I remember reading up about it before it ever came out, and then seeing pictures of some of the characters and already I knew I wanted to play it because it was a science fiction universe and it wasn't tied to any existing um, movie series and it really struck my interest. But um, the universe is gigantic and the story is so rich and there's a background on every character and every race and every piece of technology and world that you come to and you want to go to all of them. Well, I do. I'm kind of weird like that. (laughs) I want to go to everything and scan them and like try to visit everything I can. And uh, Angela and I have joked before on our show um, that I'm the type of person who goes on all the side quests just so that I can explore the worlds. Right. Like everything. And I'm a little obsessive compulsive when it comes to that kind of thing. <laughs> and um, I won't go too far into it because some of the the reasons why I like this game, it, like you were saying, is that your decisions affect the outcome of the story. And it carries over from game to game. And some of the outcomes didn't match up with what I wanted. So I'd go back and I'd play it again <laughs> until I got it right. And so I've been playing this game, what, since... 2007? That's when it Is came out. Is that when the game came out? Yep. Yeah. So, and I and I just played through um, Mass Effect 2 for like the third or fourth time. And then I, ca- I went over and I finished the rest of Mass Effect 3 finally because there was a... There was a rumor online saying that if you wanted the best outcome for Mass Effect 3, you had to play the um, co-op or the mu- multiplayer... Um, thing online with other people which is new and it wasn't anything it didn't that didn't exist in the other two games and i was kind of leery of it because i play on xbox xbox live and um i've had some bad experiences <laughs> with people on xbox live i hate them no <laughs> so way it's I so do. they're so everybody's so polite and there's oh there's absolutely God, no racism or sexism online Mostly it's sexism, and <laughs> it's like little snotty teenagers shooting you every time you respawn, which really POs me. Yeah. But anyway, I was kind of leery about that, and so um, I went ahead and finished it without doing the online multiplayer thing. So, well, And the me, outcome was fine, I think. It, it's fine, but let me tell you why you're wrong about this when it comes to Mass Effect, is that because it's co-op, you're not really having those issues. Co-op, the missions that 
are in Mass Effect 3, um, you are playing on a team against uh, AI. So that sort of eliminates a lot of the trash talking because you're all sort of trying to accomplish the same goal. But we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves with that. Uh, Mass Effect 3, we haven't even talked about Mass Effect 1. face extinction. A rogue soldier leads an unstoppable force across the galaxy. And only you stand in his way. Don't you understand? You've lost. Everyone you know and love. Everyone you will all Let's finish this! Join us. Is submission not preferable to extinction? We just spotted a troop ship, and it's bleeding gas all over the bomb site. Can you hold them off? There's too many! I don't think we can hold them! I'm activating the nuke! I'm sorry, Ash. I had to make a choice. I understand. So, um, yeah, Mass Effect 1 came out in 2007. I believe it was around February in 2007. And holy cow. Um, I bought it the day it came out. Like you said, I was attracted to it because of uh, Knights, of the old, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. And um, it's just a – it was a – if you've ever played those games, it's pretty similar in style, I think. Um, especially the first game. The first Mass Effect game to sort of mimic the combat pretty much, right? I mean, uh, everything about it sort of screamed that it was like that game in a new universe. Um, and upgraded because the yeah. obviously the technology has advanced since then. Yeah, that was the original Xbox. <clears throat> or I'm not sure, was it on the PlayStation 2? I don't know, but I know that Knights of the No, it's also PC. PC. I had it on the Xbox. The original, the United States Old Republic 1 and 2, which I don't know if... Did Joe cover those? He may have one is uh, Star Wars. No, he did he do Star Wars I don't games? think so. No. I don't think so. Not those. Those would be games worthy of yeah. talking about. Those games are great. Uh, in the ending of 2, you know, well, it, it is what it is. Um, did you sign the petition? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I probably did. Who knows? But I was pretty, I was pretty miffed because uh, anyway... That's getting off of the subject. Yeah, we sorry. Have, we have a Star Wars podcast, by the way. Star Wars Stacks. You can hear us every month talking about a book. Anyway, <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about the uh, what the uh, plot summary is, the official plot summary for Mass Effect, the first game. The galaxy is trapped in an endless cycle of extinction. Every 50,000 years, an agent machine race invades the galaxy. With ruthless efficiency, the machines wipe out all or advanced organic civilization. They leave behind only the scattered ruins of technology, destroying all evidence of their own existence. Few believe this ancient legend. You, however, know it to be true. The fight to stop this extinction event has become the most important mission in the galaxy. It is your mission as Commander Shepard of the SSV Normandy. You will take your elite recon squad across the galaxy in turmoil in a desperate race to stop the return of an enemy without mercy. To stop this enemy, you must act without remorse, without hesitation, and outside the limits of the law. Your only imperative is to preserve the safety of civilized life in the galaxy, at any cost. 
You must become the tip of the spear of humanity, for you alone know the full extent of what is at stake if you should fail. And that is the back of the box. And the game is set in the year 2183. It's 35 years after humans discovered the ruins of an ancient spacefaring race called the Protheans on Mars. With the technology from these ruins, humanity learns the secrets of mass effects, physics, and element zero unlocking FTL travel. Humans also discover the mass relay network that threaded the galaxy, permitting instantaneous passage across thousands of light years. Think of it like a wormhole. Uh, humanity began its journey among the, star- the stars, encountering various alien races and establishing itself on the galactic stage. So this is kind of, you know, the background of the world uh, humans find similar to Babylon. Yeah, I don't know if you ever anybody watched Babylon Five, but you know, there's these things called jump gates, which were which are all over the galaxy, uh, which is old technology. It's similar to this, uh, and. All the races in the galaxy, none of them invented any of the stuff that they're using. Uh, it's all sort of leftover stuff that uh, the races sort of discover, and then that pushes them into the stars. And humans are sort of the newest uh, member of the uh, space community, pretty much, right? Yeah, and we're we're not exactly welcomed with open arms, I guess. Yeah. Um, some races are leery of humans. So. <laughs> Or envious. Most of them are envious. Right. Uh, because we're so cool. Yeah. And, I don't know, my shepherd was a pretty smooth-looking dude. Um, <laughs> well, who does... Who goes about designing a good, an ugly character? I actually did. To be honest with you, my first one looked a little bit like Edward James almost. Um, on purpose. <laughs> I wanted a grizzled-looking dude, and my guy was. Yeah. Grizzled. So it was kind of funny when he was getting, all, getting, the, getting down with romance, and he was, like, very grizzled-looking. <laughs> Like, they can't resist me. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that. The cool thing about, so when you start up Mass Effect, the first game, um, you sort of get a little bit of an intro of uh, some characters talking about your character, which you have yet to create. And um, it's sort of about your future and how you're sort of, could be humanity's last hope or whatever, I think. I, I, don't, I forget exactly. But I know it's one of them is Captain Anderson, and I mm-hmm. think the other one's the uh, ambassador guy. You have... A lot of you have about I don't I'm not sure like the, the options for your face are pretty um pretty intense what you can make I mean yeah. nose height and things like that yeah you know? it's not quite as in depth as um, Skyrim Skyrim but Oblivion yeah but it's pretty but good it's good yeah um you can you could do a lot of tweaks um and yeah again you can there's like I don't know, infinite combinations, but there's a lot of different combinations. So you spend, I like to spend a lot of time doing that. And then you you come up with um, the kind of class you want your character to play. Um, and let's see, what are the classes? There's Adept, which is a biotic specialist. Like think of that as using the force, except you have like implants in your body that, that uh, help, help you do these powers. There's Soldier, which is, you know, a guy that's just good with all the weapons. Engineer, which is all about tech uh, Vanguard, which combines uh, having strengths with biotics and combat. Sentinel, which is technological and biotic. And Infiltrator, which is tech and combat, but that's more of a... Uh, involves stealth skills and things like that. And that is a cool thing about this game, is you can play it a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. So you make you, you come up with a class, and then you come up with a backstory. I don't know what your backstory was. Um, I was uh, one of those brat uh war, war brat. What do you call it? yeah no. not a war brat. military um, brat. military yeah. yeah brat yeah i was a sole survivor <laughs> and it just sort of gives um 
gives a little bit of a background to your character, tells you sort of, you know, how you arrived at where you're at, sort of what your childhood was like or whatever. And if you're a soul survivor, mm-hmm. your colony gets destroyed. You may be the guy that is a soul survivor, I think, of like a, a major uh, attack, things like that. You're the and hero of You're it. the hero, right? In some cases, So yeah. when people talk to you, they're like, oh, you're the hero of whatever, whatever. I don't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's just, again, gives you background. And, and then when you first start off, you're on board this ship called the Normandy, which is a new sort of uh, starship, which is a small ship. Stealth, it's, a, it's got a stealth drive. It's this really cool-looking ship. I love it. And it's badass. It is completely badass. <laughs> So you're going, your first mission is to go to this place called Eden Prime, uh, where the colony, they lose contact with the colony. You go down there and there is a thing called a beacon and there's all these husk people. They're like people that got sort of transformed into like uh, robotic zombies and they are attacking you. The colony is pretty much, there's a bunch, there's some survivors, but there's not many people left. There's a, you come across this thing, it's a, it's a beacon and it transmits into your character's head like images images of like bad bad juju that went down <laughs> and uh you know it's sort of it is, these are all the, again this is sort of the basis of what makes your character special you you are one of the few you took this information in without making you crazy there's also uh <laughs> how complicated i can make this but the main villain in the first game is called Saren, and he was uh, something called a specter, which is sort of a special operations uh, soldier, sort of, a, you know, infiltrator for the Citadel Council who sort of runs the galaxy. And uh, turns out he's gone rogue um, and he's uh, trying to find this thing called the Conduit, which is going to lead to the return of the Reapers because he's, he's all machined up. He's all weirded out and he's trying to kill people. He's doing whatever he's doing. So, he's you know, he's the bad guy. You go to this place after this called the Citadel, which is like this huge, massive space station. It's like, I don't know, it's so huge. Every time It's it, also very clean and pretty. It is very pretty. It's not like Deep, Deep Space Nine or Babylon 5. No, it's like, it's, like a, it's like the most beautiful city that you could ever imagine. It's, it's very cool. It has like these arms which contain like these big sections of cities and things like... Uh, there are some crummy spots to it, though. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go down in the wards, right? So, yeah. um, you go to this, you want to talk to the council. Your captain wants you to talk mm-hmm. to the council, and you know they don't believe you because you're a human, and humans don't even have a spot on the council. And actually, uh, that that's sort of a plot point. But eventually, you were able to prove um, that Saren is a bad dude, and they actually uh, do let you become the first human specter. Um, and you take over command of the Normandy. Uh, you were the first officer. The captain gets sort of bumped up. Not that he really wants to. <laughs> but So you take control of the ship, and now you have access to the entire galaxy, pretty much. You know, there are some things you probably have to do first, but you pretty much in the first game have free reign to sort of just start going to planets and looking around, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun. It is. Um, let's talk about... Besides Shepard, um, in the first game, uh, there you have these are some these are your uh, people that you actually have, will have on your squad if you choose them. Caden mm-hmm. Alenko, who is a human biotic, human. he's a biotic mm-hmm. specialist. Uh, Tali Zora Narea, who is a Quarian, um, she has a suit 
that she has to wear because uh, if she takes it off, she can get all kinds of diseases and die because she has no um, immune system, really. And you never see her face. Only if, if you uh, romance her like I did. You... Well, I played a male, and I did, you know, the second time through I played a male, and I did, but you still don't see her face. In the third game. Oh, okay. No, I didn't. There's a picture of her, and she's very pretty. Not what I expected at all. She was my romance uh, through two and three in my last playthrough. Um, I'm not sure that option is possible in the first game. I don't know. So they're pretty cool. The Quarians actually are a pretty cool race, and they have a lot... They they have a lot of to a lot of to do in the second and third game specifically. Um, Garrus Vakarian, who is a of a race called um, Turins. the Turians, mm-hmm. and they're sort of uh, how do you describe them? Sort of birdish, I guess. No, but not I really. would, bird like lizards, bugs, <laughs> roaches. But they're very cool. They're yes, cool looking. They are. They have like a. It's hard to describe. They have like a grayish sort of face they have like these cool mouths and mandible kind of mouth. mandibles yeah but very cool looking character and garris is sort of uh he's in this thing called csec which is citadel security and you end up bringing him along with you and he's sort of a a grumpy gus i think is a one word to, well, he's also kind of funny too which one garris garris yeah yeah <laughs> uh, ashley williams who is a human soldier she's a pretty cool character yeah, I let her die my first playthrough. I tried not to, but I always end up doing that because Caden was my female shepherd's um, love interest, and I yeah. could not let him die. I will say that in my recent playthrough, I couldn't get rid of him quick enough. Um, and Erdnot Rex, who is a big, huge dude called um, this this huge race called the Krogan, and they're yeah, Krogan. genetically designed aliens that are just made for war. Uh, yeah, and they've been given some sort of, um, not a disease, but some genetic it's called the um, <clears throat> manipulation where they can't, it's the genophage, and they right. can't reproduce. And they were it was done to slow their numbers because um, they're very aggressive, and um, the Salarians designed it to keep them from taking over and like attacking everyone, because they will. <laughs> like yeah. I said, they're the Klingons. <laughs> They were very useful during this war with these um, insect... The Rachni. Rachni. So this was this thing called the Rachni Wars, which the, the Krogan were sort of made for. And, you know, they they did well. <laughs> they destroyed them, pretty much. And then they, uh, since all they do is fight, they sort of started uh, fighting everybody else. And that's when the genophage was come up, came up with by the Salarians, who are this sort of, I guess lizard-like people who are very uh, scientific uh, to stunt their numbers. They can't reproduce. And uh, he is an interesting character. There are a few characters. The cool thing about this now, other than Shepard, I mean, I'm trying to think. Caden and Ashley and Rex can all die in the first game. Um, and it's all pretty much during the same mission, I think, right? It's all on, that, on, that, on the um, Vermeyer planet. Really? I didn't know. See, that there's so many outcomes Yeah, um, you wouldn't know unless you cheated and read up on it. Right. I didn't. So the first time through I played the Rex, what happens is you get to this Do point. Do we want to spoil it, though? No, I mean, should I guess we give not. a spoiler alert? Uh, all right. Well, anyway, maybe you're <laughs> right. But the, anyway, the, the thing is, like, you, you can lose some characters. You can lose three of these characters in the first game. And if you continue on through two and three with your original sort of save like i didn't see ashley 
<laughs> for a long t- forever and then when I, I did my last playthrough I didn't let her die and then uh, she was actually throughout the games whereas Caden was before so I was like oh that's kind of cool and the same thing with Rex but I didn't like that I killed that um, I got him killed so I actually replayed that part and did it right because he's way too cool a character to kill yeah um, and you actually have a whole uh, crew on your ship that you can sort of interact with not all of them but I'd say the main couple. There's uh, your your pilot of your uh, ship is called. Uh, his name is Jeff uh, Joker Moreau. Uh, Joker. He's played by Seth Green. Seth Green. Right. He's hilarious. Yeah, he has a lot <laughs> of funny. Love that character. He, uh, a lot of funny dialogue. And um, Navigator Presley, who uh, kind of looks like Colonel Ty from Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> um, the actor who plays Colonel Ty is in Mass Effect yes. Two, I think. Yeah, uh, he's in two and three. Yeah. As the same character. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Dr. Chakwas, who's in all three games, too. Uh, and uh, there's actually a lot of... Um, when you look up the voice names for some of these characters, like Admiral Hackett is played by Lance Henriksen, who I'm sure everybody knows as uh, Bishop from Aliens. He's uh, he's in the game. So there's actually... and um, Six from Battlestar Galactica. Trisha he's Hoffler. in there as in the second and third games. Mm-hmm. And um, well, if you're a fan of Kotor, you'll probably recognize. Well, you wouldn't recognize her because I didn't. But she's one of my like voice acting heroes, Jennifer Hale. Yes, she played um, Bastila Sean in Knights of the Old Republic, and she plays Fem Shep in, um, which is the female version of Shepard in Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. So, and she also plays Bastila's ancestor in uh, Knight the uh, Knights of the Republic video okay. game. Now, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, she's a big time voice actress. She's oh awesome. my gosh, she's a, she does like everything really. I know she's mm-hmm. done she's done Batman. I think she's been Batgirl. I think. Yeah, she's been in other video games too that are real yeah. popular, but I can't think of the lots. Name of I mean, games. she's like the premier, I think, uh, female voice actor right now. Mm-hmm. You see her everywhere. She probably gets a lot of money. <laughs> Who knows? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> sorry, I interrupted and you. Also, sorry, Star Trek. Um, Matriarch Bernizia is played by uh, Deanna Troy herself. Deanna, yeah. Um, Marina Sirtis. Marina Sirtis. And also, Michael Dorn played a character. That's right. He's in um, the second game. He is a, one of the... One of the Krogan. Krogan yeah, yeah. Which is appropriate. Oh, yeah. And one last thing. Uh, David Anderson, Captain Ed Anderson, is played by Keith David, who's a very familiar... Uh, you, you, you recognize uh, his voice, and you'll recognize his face if you ever saw him. He's been in a ton of stuff. I'm not sure if he's ever done Star Trek, but... He's done a ton of stuff. Look at the Chronicles of Riddick. He's in that movie. You recognize him. He's also in, the, in that long um, fist fight in that Roddy Roddy Piper movie, They Live. He's the other guy that Roddy Roddy Piper fights, which is a completely ridiculous <laughs> reference. I'm sorry. So um, how would you describe the combat, Jen? Let's, uh, it's, um, a, it's third person, the whole game. You can... It, I like it because... I feel like a badass when I'm doing it <laughs> because <laughs> I usually, whenever I play, I play first person shooters and I'll play like rainbow six and things like that. And I generally play snipers, ah. but I like to, or, you know, ranged fighters. I like to stay away from the action and pick people off. But in this game, and it's kind of similar to Knights of the Old Republic, you can make your decisions by um, targeting a character and then pulling up a, a choice of, um, 
um, options of how to attack them or to, to um, use your other characters to attack them. And so it gives you time to think, <laughs> which works better for me. And so throughout the game, I found like, you know, like towards the end of my last playthrough, I started being the, the type of character that runs running guns. And I'm ah. never that type of character. I'm never that. T- I never do that. But I, it trained my brain <laughs> to, do, to work that way after a while because I had time to think and and use my my powers effectively and and the other characters. But then I could also just like run up on people. And so anyway, I like I like it a lot. I prefer it. And one of the things I really like is that you see the through the characters' eyes. I hate the top down games where you're like in God mode and you can see the entire action. I want to see through the character's eyes because I fight better that way. I don't know about you. Do you have that problem? Um, well, I mean, I've certainly played enough first person games in this, at this point to probably sort of be more used to that than anything, but no, nah, it doesn't really bother me too much. Um, I like to see, I like seeing my character, you know, cause he looks cool. So, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't bother That's what the cut screen, that's, that's what the cut scenes are for. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I want to talk about how great I want to talk about great this this universe is they created for these games. I don't know because it's almost like very comfortable if you're a fan of Star Wars and Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. It's like it takes the best it's a melding. It really is. It takes the best of of those two and sort of puts them together because there's a lot of depth. There's these things you find called codexes, which kind of give you more details on the universe. And if you actually sat down and read all that stuff, I mean, this universe they create is pretty impressive. It's basically a novel. It really is. Um, and or three. I know we're not going to spoil. I don't want to. I don't want. I'm not going to. The, the the game. I think if you take your time, eh, about twenty hours, twenty five, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to think of how long it took me to play the first game. Maybe more than that. Because, I mean, you can go on all the planets and there's, you have this thing in the first game called a Mako, which is sort of like a crazy tank that you can try. You drive around on the planets, you find minerals, you find bad guys, you shoot them. Uh, it's how sort of how you explore these planets. They sort of got, they got rid of that in the other two games. It was a little bit repetitive because every planet was sort of the same. Mm-hmm. But, you know, eh, it's still pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. But it and was, you could find like the Turian um, symbols, right? Yeah, the dog tags, the, the dog tags, tags yeah. and the what do you call it? The maiden, um, some sort of like back history that that uh, the Asari yes wanted or something. But nothing came of it. I collected them all. Nothing happened. That was, that was kind, kind of, of disappointing. It just sort of, you just sort of finish it. It's just yeah. sort of like you got them all. It's like I went through all that. I want to get some kudos now. So I didn't bother doing that on my <laughs> recent playthrough because I knew that there really wasn't any point to it. Mm-mm. But uh, um, this is just a massive universe. And and it's um, – we'll talk about it maybe a little bit later. But they've expanded it into comic books and novels. And this the, the design of the races and the design of the technology, the characters, uh, the settings is all just very – very well thought out, I think. Yeah, and 
I don't know, Drew Karpishian, who, am I saying that right? The name of the author? I think you're close is, enough. <laughs> yeah, he does Star Wars novels uh-huh. and um, some, like, Knights of the Old Republic stuff. He he wrote, he was on the team of story writers for Knights of the Old Republic, and I think he headed up the team for Mass Effect. And in, in like, Mass Effect 2, you can go into a shop and buy his novels uh-huh. for your bookshelves for your for your um, your quarters, which is pretty cool. Yeah. They're, the novels are, are pretty we, a little bit off of the games, but the novels are pretty cool because, uh, like I was telling Jen, she's not wanted to read them because she's very possessive of her shepherd, as we all are. I am possessive of my shepherd, and you're like, oh, I don't want to read about another shepherd. Um, but the books don't really um, involve shepherd except peripherally, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially like the first one is set 25 years prior to the first game. And the comics are the same way. They sort of skirt around Shepard. Even when you uh, there's a, one of the comics that deals with uh, Shepard's body. Uh, spoiler, sorry, but um, I can't really talk about Mass Effect Two without talking about that. Anyway, it never says like he or she. It's just always Shepard. So mm-hmm. I like. And that's that. really cool because when when I play a game, I like to feel like I'm immersed in the story. So. I design a character to try to make it look like me. I want it to, to be a woman. But in Mass Effect, I mean, that was my main shepherd. I played every game as a female. But then I went back and I played. I wanted to see how the story was different. So I, I played a male character one time <laughs> all the way through just to see how the characters treated them and, and to see if anything was different. Right. And it really wasn't too much. And I did romance Tally Zora. Just uh-huh. to see how that how that would go, because I, I didn't know if you got to see her without her mask one time or, you know, nothing like that in Mass Effect 2. But it ruined <laughs> <laughs> what happened was when I played the male character and then I got Mass Effect 3, then it started me over on Mass Effect 3 as if I didn't have a backstory because there was a male character and I was playing a female in Mass Effect 3. So it right. had to wipe everything. And I was like, Damn! <laughs> <laughs> so of course I had to go back and play too for the fourth time, <laughs> just yeah. to get my female back. Well, you know Tally is actually the, one of the most likable characters in the whole she series. Is. She's very sweet. Yeah, so it's like oh, yeah, I, I like her. You know, I don't I don't always like Liara, even though I did romance her because she's blue, and I was like I'm Captain Kirkish. And... <laughs> but you know what it is, what it was for me. I didn't see Commander Shepard as me the whole time, even though I wanted to feel like I was in her shoes. Right. I felt like I was writing a story and she was my main character. Yeah. And I wanted to say, okay, now which one of these people, not who's the hottest, but which one of these people does she click with the most? That, that was my reasoning oh, for, yeah. for like hooking her up with Caden. But, you know, when I played the male shepherd, I thought that Tally Zora was a better fit than all the other ones. But anyway, that's just a weird like side off road so- thing chick view of how to play a game (laughs) yeah so if you're not familiar with i don't know if some people maybe don't even play games but this is um very it's what's called an action rpg i guess that's really the best way to describe it right yeah yeah and you can um it's it's pretty action-packed but there's a lot of most of the story that you're involved in there's a thing that's called a dialogue wheel okay and You'll come up to a character that you, an NPC that you want to talk to. You'll have options, and usually it's pretty clear. You know, like if I say this, this is real jerky. You know, this is the probably the nicest way. This is a neutral way. Then you have further options if you have um, leveled up, say um, intimidate, or if you're a parag. There's a 
like in the Knights of the Old Republic game, the your character alignment was based on light side, dark side. You know, that's just how it went. And you had a little view your character, light or dark. In this game, it's called Paragon if you're like really good and Renegade if you're really bad. I had a really hard time playing Renegade because I just had a hard time believing that if you act this way to people that anybody would Follow think you. you were great or be your, you know, like, because you, some of the things you do are real jerky. I mean, you punch out women reporters and things like that. It's just very. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I you, felt like punching her out a few times. You can punch her out. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> it's pretty. I've done it. Um, <laughs> it's because I was really, I don't know. It was just annoying. She was very disrespectful. Yeah, she's not very way. respectful. Um, of the of the people who sacrificed for humanity and the war in the universe, not not of you, right? Right. So I mean, you can actually every once in a while do something kind of crummy, and it doesn't really affect you too much. But I had a hard time playing the way. So you have all these options. It's sort of like a choose your own adventure, almost, isn't it? I guess a mm-hmm. very high tech one. Yeah. But. You interact with your crew, and actually there is a romance option uh, with some characters. I'm not sure if it's uh, sort of locked in male-female. I don't know. Cause... No, you can play. You can romance. If you're female, you can romance females, and if you're male, you can romance males. Uh, it's like one of the first games that ever allow you to do that. I did not know that because mm-hmm. I didn't try. Uh, well, yeah, I think... Is it Garrus? It must be... Who is it? N- uh, no, um... You can romance um, the Asari, which is female, but some people say that doesn't count because she's no tr- um, she's in, she's like she looks female, but she's mutant, yeah. g- uh, gender neutral. Yeah, they're gender neutral. So but does it count? That's but, a, yeah. There's actually a really cool part in Mass Effect Two where you're at a strip not strip club, but like a nightclub, and there's like a, an Asari, and uh, to describe them, they're sort of blue, very attractive and they have like these little short tentacles on their head. I don't know, I guess they're tentacles. They're kind of like the the um uh from Star Wars. Like Twilight. But with very short. Yeah. But they're very pretty. They're all like pretty looking females, but apparently they are gender neutral and there's a guy there's a there's a bunch of guys at a bachelor party and they're sitting around with, and this Asari is dancing. And the Asari are very long lived. They live like a thousand years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they go through phases if you look into the game that you go through phases in their life where, you know, they're a matron matron and yeah. uh, the older they get. Um, and they're talking about how I've heard that the Asari look weird and they just sort of project into our head somehow what we think they should look like and that they look different for everybody. That's why everybody finds the Asari attractive because everybody does. So it was sort of a funny little conversation of people sort of talking about what the Asari maybe do, but I think they pretty much look how they look. Um, but yeah, you actually have a, a love scene in the game. In every game, you have an option for a love scene. Uh, it's kind of racy. A little bit, a little bit for... I had to not play that part while Aaron was in the room. Yeah, it is a little racy. But you don't see, like, it's not full frontal nudity no, or anything. No, no, no. But it's still, like, a love scene. I'd say it's above what they show on TV and below what they show in rated R movies. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's You know, but it is a little racy. A little bit. Yeah, it's not terrible though. But um, anyway, <laughs> so so the cool thing is that again, like I said, all these choices sort of go through the game and interactions, and you'll actually have characters that will go through two and three that you've interacted with in a positive or negative way, and will remember you, uh, such. And so the game 
this is very long. At the end of the game, there's a huge fight with this big ship called Sovereign that's attacking the Citadel, which is a space station, as I said. And um, it's a pretty big fight. All the ships around are fighting. And the Citadel Council, this is going to be a spoiler, but I'm sorry. We're going to go on to Mass Effect 2, and this sort of affects it. They're on this big ship called the Destiny Ascension, and you can either tell, you can either save them, or have everybody attack Sovereign, or just ignore them. It just depends on how you word it. And if you choose to save them, then they're still around in, in Mass Effect 2. If you choose not to save them, they will die, <laughs> and there's no council left at the end of the game. And you can decide how that should work, and it does affect Mass Effect 2. But, I mean, as you can probably guess, I mean, your character is successful at the end of the game, and um, you go on to go on to greater adventures. And it's, uh, I couldn't wait for Mass Effect 2, and I think it took it about three years. Was it three years or two? Yep, it was, in t- uh, actually, holy cow, 2011. It did- yeah, it, it be, I played it on maternity leave. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like 2000, summer through fall of I guess it came out in the summer of 2010 right actually we're at war no one wants to admit it but humanity is under attack one very specific man might be all that stands between humanity and the greatest threat of our brief existence Reapers are still out there. If we lose Shepard, humanity might well follow. I will show you true power. We need a leader. And surround them with the brightest, the toughest, the deadliest allies we can find. fight to the collectors in person looking forward to the action attacking the collectors would require passing through the omega-4 relay no ship has ever returned from doing so the team will have to be strong their resolve unquestionable Mass Effect 2 made some gameplay changes. There was a definite gameplay change from Mass Effect 1 to 2. Planets are no longer driving around. Um, the combat is a lot more run and gun, almost. Well, so, sniper rifles worked. Yeah. And they didn't in 1, which really ticked me yeah, off. Yeah, the sniper rifles were pretty cool. So let's talk about Mass Effect 2. It has a pretty neat start, but we'll do the back of the box. The two years after Commander Shepard repelled invading Reapers bent on the destruction of organic life, 
A mysterious new enemy has emerged. On the fringes of known space, something is silently abducting entire human colonies. Now Shepard must work with Cerberus, a ruthless organization devoted to human survival at any cost, to stop the most terrifying threat mankind has ever faced. To even attempt this perilous mission, Shepard must assemble the galaxy's most elite team and command the most powerful ship ever built. Even then, they say it would be suicide. Commander Shepard intends to prove them wrong. So, the beginning of Mass Effect is pretty wild. It is like the best. Yeah. The, intri- the start of any game I've ever played, ever. It's a month after Mass Effect 1. And you're on Normandy. It's You're on a mission on some planet. And a ship comes out of nowhere. It's a huge ship. And just blows the crap out of the Normandy. Like, just blows the crap out of it. People are getting killed. And you're running through the ship. And you're trying to make sure that everybody's getting to the escape pods. You get to the, um, the bridge. You save Joker. And then you are blown out into space, and you're dead. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let's explain oh. about Joker's condition. He's the only one that um, didn't was he was planning to try to either save the ship or go down with it. That's right. And mainly because he couldn't walk as fast. He has a a de- degenerative disease that makes his I think it's called brittle brittle bone disease. Something I don't know what yeah, that they gave it some term. kind of word. I think some kind of technical term. Yeah, but, so he's always sitting in that cockpit, and he's never walking about. But anyway, you have to go help him out, yes, and you he, convince him to go. Yeah, he has uh, Vrolic syndrome, which causes extreme brittleness in the bones. And he was born with severe fractures to his legs, and even with modern medicine, he finds walking nearly impossible. So he has these big braces on. So you have to go rescue him, because he's just going to go down with the ship. And because you're Commander Shepard, you won't let that happen. Come on, Joker. We have to get out of here. No, I won't abandon the Normandy. I can still save her. The Normandy's dead, just like us if we don't get the hell out of here. No, we just have to... Oh, no. They're coming around for another attack. So you take and put him in an escape pod, shut the door, he goes off, and you get blown out into space, and you're dead. And you're dead. Well, you were intending to go with him, but you got sucked out into space. And that's a really... I love that scene because it's very Battlestar Galactica. It is. All of a sudden you're in silence. And then the scene, I'm sorry I had to interrupt you because this is very like dramatic. She, well, my character is a female. So she's, she's like floating through space and all of a sudden her seat, her suit is leaking all over. And so you see her struggling to breathe and then she skims the atmosphere of the planet and burns up. And that is just so, you're like, oh my God, my shepherd. I was was very pissed off. (laughs) I was like, what? I, I was just on the edge of my seat. It was like the, yes. like the best movie ever. <laughs> it really was a very, very cool... And it really is... It's a crazy game. It's a crazy opening to a game. Um, especially in a game like this where you're sort of... Get attached to your character. Yeah. And actually a few people from Mass Effect 1 did die when the Normandy got blown up. Uh, mm-hmm. The Navigator Presley... And I think a couple other characters that maybe you interact They're with. They're on the bridge. Yeah. They're on the bridge. They all died. So you're brought back to life. Brought back to life. And I still don't understand how they did that. How do they it, do it? Well, I couldn't tell. And they kind of leave it open to, as to whether she's a clone or the original Shepard. 
Now, the elusive man who's in charge of all of it wanted the original shepherd, but in three, you get some bits of information that make you think that maybe it's not, but I don't know. No, I'm pretty sure you're you're as much of the original shepherd as is possible with what happened to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it was the, it was called the Lazarus Project. Right, yeah. And, and at first, when I was watching it happen, like they show like cells, which is really cool the way they do it. Like the the cutscene shows them working on her or her body, and then cells coming back to life, like they're regenerating, and then all of a sudden blood starts coursing through the body, and yeah. things are coming back and She's all she's all scored up, sc- scarred up after that, yeah. but it's like the bionic shepherd. Yeah. And if you so you you're put back together um, by this organization called Cerberus, who is sort of like white supremacists, if they had. Um, what was the name? Circus, the Circa Group. S- oh no. Z- yeah, Zerka. Zerka, Zerka. Zerka Knights yeah. of the Old Republic. <laughs> so they're all about human. Superiority. They they hate aliens. They're known to attack alien colonies and kill aliens. They're they're not nice people, but they bring you back to life. Um, they sort of have to convince you, the, this elusive man who is played by uh, Martin Sheen, mm-hmm. and kind of looks like Martin Sheen a little a bit. A little bit. He reminded me of the smoking man from the X Files. Yeah, he smokes the whole time. He's got these like bionic eyes. He talks you into working for him. He convinces you. Um, Joker's there. Um, and you get a new Normandy, which is a little bit cooler than the old one. <laughs> yes. It's a little bit bigger, a little bit more badass. Got more. Swanky. It has a huge aquarium in the quarters. It does. You have your a own music quarters. system. You have your own quarters and it has a yeah. big fish tank and a model. You have models. Your models. I mean, well, you also, your medals are hanging in there and stuff, your helmet. <laughs> so, you know, you go through like getting as many of the uh, characters from the first game with you. Some of them do not join you uh, as playable characters. Um, but you do get Garrus Vakarian back. You do get, um, you don't get Rex, but you do get a, 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 a Krogan named Grunt. And you do get to interact with Rex. Tally. And Tally's back, of course. And then, uh, let's see, who are the new characters? You get the Drell. That is... Um, yeah, what was his name? Thane. He's, he's an assassin. He's got a, a disease. He's dying. And um, very cool character. He's actually... Was he a downloadable content character? Or was he in the game? Initially? He was in the game. He was a part of the story. All right. Yeah. I couldn't remember if he was a, a DLC character. Kasumi there are, was. Kasumi or, was a DLC yeah. character. And her extra mission is actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing. Now, this is when people really started complaining about electronic arts. Because... They were charging, they started to charge a little bit more money for characters that they people thought should have been in the game to begin yeah. with. But what are you going to do? I mean, <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, I can't really fault their business plan because when I played Mass Effect 2, I realized I hadn't downloaded Kasumi. So I bought it. You got it. to go back and have new content. Yeah, and I was actually very happy about yeah. it. It didn't bother me any. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. And if you buy it now, it's like a $20 game or less, and you still, and there's, eh, whatever. So there's some downloadable content, but this game, you have a lot more characters in it. Mm-hmm. There's a character named Jack who is like this female badass. Crazy chick. Crazy with tattooed Punk. up. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, you know, I don't care, man. You know, she's like the bad kid. She's like bad kid smoking in the bathroom, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jacob, she's very goth. <laughs> yes, she is. 
um, Jacob. T- I think she's a romance option, but I don't know. Yes. I w- I'd be very scared to try. <laughs> she might She might cut you up, man. Yeah. Jacob Taylor, who's sort of your consummate soldier. Kasumi, who is a thief and very cool character. The Asari. Um, the Asari, who is... Um, she's uh, a matron. Yeah, what's her name? Samara or Morinth. Yeah. You can get either one because if you can choose... Which is a very cool thing. Oh, that's true. You can choose to kill Samara when you go after Morinth. And then guess what? Morinth comes with you. Yeah, right. she's she's a scary character. I would not want Morinth with me. No she's, way. She's a she's a she's, she's a serial killer. Yeah, she preys on life and, energy. Yep, and she's killing all these guys that are or women actually too that are attracted to her. Um, Legion, who we didn't talk about, but in the first game, your one of your Geth. main enemies was the Geth, who are these sort of Borg hive mind characters, but not Borg. They're all all robot all the time. And this character named Legion um, joins your crew. He's sort of I don't know. I can't remember exactly the uh, boy. It's only been a couple months. I still can't remember the exact regions reasons why Legion joins you, but he has a piece of your armor on him. <laughs> it's very anyway he's a cool character miranda he Law- kind of sorry yeah. but he he kind of feels some sort of connection towards shepherd mm-hmm. like he he's partially he has some feeling he's like more alive and more independent than the other geth which some backstory on the geth which is very important and oh pivotal yes especially in this game. series yeah they were kind of like the cylons very much they, like. they were built to serve the um what's tally's people they're Quarians. The Quarians. And um, they turned on them yep. because they, they, they wanted independence. And um, the, the Quarians tried to destroy them. So the, Quor- so the Geth kind of turned on them. And then, then you have the situation where they're at war against each other. Mm-hmm. And then they're being used as pawns by the ultimate baddie in the whole universe, which is the, uh, the Reapers. The Reapers. Yeah. Yeah, now which the, is that is more like the Borg than anything, even the though they're more zombies. Yeah, but the cool thing about uh, Legion is you do get to sort of see through his uh, memories the actual backstory of the Geth and they're you know rising up and it sort of um, almost had like a uh, segregationist type feel, like how they were treated, like they were becoming aware, like they became aware, but. They were still being killed. They were still being like experimented on, and like they didn't understand. You know, they had the Geth had become aware, but they were still being treated as if they were a simple machine, mm-hmm. and they were actually people. And it's a pretty cool. It's a part where you're going through and you're inside of a memory thing. It's a whole weird thing. But anyway, you get to see. Did you go? Did you do that? I'm sure you did. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, and Tally's back, of course, I think we said, uh, Thane, the assassin, and Zaid, who is a downloadable character, and Z- Kasumi. Zaid is like this scarred up bounty hunter guy, sort of like um, from Knights of the Old Republic. The, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a lot like him. He's um, almost, uh, yeah, I can't think of his name. Yeah, he was the, the uh, Mandalorian. Yes. And uh, he's very a uh, grouchy character who actually, I did not do well on his um, his mission. Mm-hmm. And he did not like me for the rest of the oh. game. See, I played that one over and over until I got it right. Yeah, it was very hard. It's very difficult. <laughs> it is. But you forgot Miranda Lawson. I know I interrupted you about yeah, say Miranda. the That's Geth. It. She's um, she's a doctor. Yeah, and she's 
Like a scientist doctor. She's a romance option, too. I mean, I go back and forth with Miranda. I don't like her. Sorry, yeah, because whenever <laughs> whenever you were talking about the fact that you can be like a paladin or, mm-hmm. or a, um, uh, what do you call it, a rebel? Is that the right word I'm using? To renegade. Describe? A renegade. It's, it's, a, it's Paragon? Yeah, Paragon. Yeah, Renegade. I usually play Paragon. I'm always light side. I always feel guilty for doing bad things, but there were two people I was regularly bitchy to, and Miranda was one of them. Even and though I just couldn't help it. She's she a was, little bit redeemed in the second game. She is. So knowing that this, knowing that like the third time I played through Mass Effect 2, having had some story on three, my decisions were different on how I talked to her. I see. And um, but I, I go back and forth with her because her and Jack both they're ah, I know a lot of men are listening and they probably most of you guys don't like agree at all but from my standpoint as a woman I really hate the over sexualization sometimes of some characters and Samara too I mean it was so cool in the first game everyone you know there was some sexy stuff and whatever form-fitting uniforms but these were like overly done yeah. I mean Jack is <laughs> like you could see anything. like yeah. you could see things <laughs> with the with the tight fitting pants. So what stuff. does it what does it say about me that I romance the person that you can't see at all? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> Tolly, you know, that's uh, she's completely covered. She has nothing. Yeah, Tolly's awesome. Tally's but Tolly awesome. is a cool. She's like I said, she was like my favorite extra character because yeah. she's very and she her her whole backstory is the Quarians is a very cool. You get to go to their fleet in this game which is called the um, migrant fleet the quarians lost their homeworld to the geth and that's why they sort of they're they're considered almost pariahs like battle star they're a little bit of battle star there so you do get to go to the uh, migrant fleet with tali um and involves the geth there's a story with her father you actually have to stand up for her as her captain because you are a captain and she ends up the way that the Quarians name themselves is uh, by their ship. And she was Tali Zora Vas Nima. She becomes Tali Zora Vas Normandy, which is pretty cool. Anyway, yes. clearly I really like Tali. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like her too. Yeah, she's great. But you, this is a cool... Now, Mass Effect 2 um, improved a lot of the gameplay, in my opinion. Made it a little bit more fast-paced. Scanning plan instead of going down on them i thought that was kind of neat how you got um uh, resources for upgrades you could up, and you could and those upgrades if you did certain upgrades on the ship it helped you survive yeah. uh, at the end of the game if you, you know upgrade the shields cannons that sort of thing And if you don't do that you can lose people which happens well also all the resources you are mining for or looking for in mass effect one are carried over to two yep that's right um you could use them to upgrade your weapons and do, you know, build stuff. Now, a very cool thing about this uh, the game, again, I don't know, we can't really go through the whole game, but it's a very, it's a fun game. Mass Effect 2 is my favorite game of, yeah. of the three. It's definitely yeah, my favorite. I like everything about it. I think it hit the right balance between uh, the gameplay and story. It was a little bit easier there was it was the empire strikes back yes. of the mass effect they universe got, and it really is because your character is sort of you know he's he's a good even if you're playing good guy people kind of look at you your character yeah you're like you're playing you're working for cerberus i'm like but i'm good i'm not really working with them right i'm just i'm just make them think i'm working for yeah them. and especially 
sorry to interrupt, but especially yeah. when you have rom if you rom- romanced Caden, you were a female character. I think you could be male, be male and romance him. I don't know. Mm. But if you played a character that romanced Caden in the second game, at some point you come into contact with with him again on a planet when you're you're both on a different missions and you run into each other. Yeah, and he's like hostile towards yes, you that happened with and Ashley you're like, what the hell and there's no option where you can try to plead with them you're basically attitudinal right back <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's like well that relationship yep um yeah that happens with with um Ashley yep just went out the window yep that happened with uh with Ashley she um I did in the first game she was my romance and then yeah again like you said Mass Effect 2 you see her and you're just not really I mean you save her butt <laughs> yeah on a planet and she's like yeah i don't know what your deal is i'm out of here <laughs> i'm like but but we love each other i came back from the dead i don't know why you don't like me no more so that's why tali was my girl in the second one i'm like yeah, yeah. and then Ashley- you know who was my my choice in the second one <laughs> and again this is me playing deciding that i'm writing a character and trying to pick the best person for her i went with garris the roach face guy that's funny <laughs> and it was that sex that that sex scene the romance scene was hilarious because they're not compatible i don't even know <laughs> how so that you would work. To like research research on how he could possibly you know have a romantic relationship with her anyway yeah that's actually how it works with tolly too she's actually tolly's doing research on like trying to make sure that she won't get dead from yeah. disease you know yeah but yeah that was a bummer i was like oh i mean geez i just saved your butt i mean yeah but um, in the third game, she's kind of like, there is some point where she, uh, Ashley is part of, of your crew again. And, and if you're a romancer like I did in the first game, there's a thing that comes up. It's like, well, what do you think? And I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm staying with Tali. Sticking with Tali. So. And in the third game, there's a lot of romance options. You can, but I, we're not in the third game yet, but holy no. cow. Yeah, yeah. Holy mackerel. But the cool thing now, the cool thing about the, the the second game, at the end of the game, you actually have to hope that you've gotten everybody's loyalty, which is very. This is sort of the, this is why I like the second game. The second game is all about the characters in the game. A whole chunks of the game are devoted to you helping out the people on your crew, getting their loyalty by doing, helping them, doing things for them, doing missions that involve them, and. Um, you know that's it's very cool because you get a little bit more character stuff. And at the end of the game, you start to split up your characters into into um, squads or giving them specific tasks. And if you pick the wrong person, oh my gosh, they will you die. You can lose people. Yes, this was that's a... you know that's the only thing that I cheated on. Right, you looked it up, didn't you? I looked it up because I played it so many times trying to combine different people and I kept losing my te- my team. I lost Morden once and I didn't even know why. He was just dead. And I was yeah. like, I didn't even know that he died, but you can lose it cuz like there's certain specific tasks that if you send the wrong person to do, like they will die and they will not be in the third game. And actually Shepard can die. If you have not prepared for the um for the last mission, you will die and that will be the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that, did you? Uh, no, because I do everything possible, <laughs> so it's... I would never have that problem. But yes, uh, yeah. if you're unprepared, you can experience the ending where Shepard dies, members of the team die, or even a disastrous ending in which everybody dies. Yep. Jeez, so how do you go on to three? If you, it says if you die, uh, the player will 
be unable to continue playing after the credits and will be unable to import their character into Mass Effect 3. Wow. Yep. That so sucks. <laughs> does suck. Because, you know, after the credits, you get to sort of just do what you want again. You get to fly around the, the galaxy. Uh, I didn't know that, no. You didn't know that? Like, maybe I forgot. Yeah, you I haven't keep, played through the fourth time yet. <laughs> you can just keep playing. If you want, if you turn on Mass Effect 2 and you've saved it after the credits, you can just do what you want to do again. Just go. Huh. Yeah. Um, so, Mass Effect 2 ends and you save the galaxy again. And um, you've done some, some questionable things in Mass Effect 2. I'm not sure. Did you do the thing where you blew up the mass relay that killed all the Batarians in that system? I don't remember because I. I that played a, through three times before, but that was a while back. Oh, I, I'm only half, I'm not even halfway through the fourth playthrough. So yeah, I paused. Yeah. I can't remember. I think it might be a DLC. It very, it very well, it might be an overlord. Um, but it's a mission where you have to stop. There's an asteroid coming uh, to a, a uh, mass relay and you let it hit it because it stops the uh, Reapers from coming into or the collectors, rather, was yeah. it reapers or collectors? Either one. The reapers from coming into the galaxy, and it ends up because of when those mass relays explode, they uh, cause a lot of damage. It blew up a system of batarians, like it killed hundreds of thousands of people. Meh. And uh, batarians. Yeah. Well, Mass Effect Three is slavers. One of, well, yeah, but in Mass Effect Three, it's one of the reasons why my character is in uh, in trouble. Right. Well, at the end of Mass Effect 2, you have a choice of turning over what you've found to the elusive man or destroying it. That's what right. What was your decision? My decision was, I was like major in your face, whatever, to the elusive man. I never cooperated with him. So at the end, I didn't give him any of the information that I discovered. Right. I basically gave him the middle finger. Yeah, I did not give him anything. I sure I I walked away from him. And I'm glad at by the end of three I was glad that I did that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's move on to three. There's a lot of people back on Earth dying while we gather our strength. They're wondering if we're ever coming back. Friends, family, parents and children. This isn't their fight, but they're buying us time with their lives. We need to stand together. The Reapers won't stop at Earth. They'll destroy every organic being in the galaxy if we don't find a way to stop them. Go out there and give them hell. You were born to do this. Build alliances. Gather everything and everybody you can. Don't interfere with my plan, Shepard. I won't warn you again. Go to hell. Each of you needs to be willing to die. Anything less, and you're already dead. Signatures in orbit. 
back of the box, Earth is burning, striking from beyond known space. A race of terrifying machines have begun their destruction of the human race. As Commander Shepard, an Alliance Marine... I'm not sure if that's correct. I feel like he was a naval officer. But anyway, your only hope for saving mankind is to rally the civilizations of the galaxy and launch one final mission to take back Earth. So in between games, you've sort of turned yourself into the Earth Alliance. They've taken possession of the Normandy, and you are in hock. You're in jail. You're 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 in deep doo doo. And um, and what happens is the Reapers, those big, which was the big ship that everybody called Sovereign in the first game. Well, now there's like thousands of them. <laughs> <laughs> and in the beginning of Mass Effect 3, your character uh, sees Earth starting to get attacked, and uh, Admiral Anderson decides that you need to get off Earth, get to the Normandy, and uh, go gather help for Earth because it's just going bad. And uh, when you leave Earth, it's just it's just it's under there's like thousands of these ships coming down, and so your mission and your goal in this game. Whereas your goal in the second game was to uh, get your character, get your uh, the characters on your ship all as a team. In this game, in this uh, game, your mission is to get the galaxy ready for war, and to build this uh, massive, they think, a weapon called um, the Crucible, and uh, that is sort of what you're focused on in this game. So it does feel weird when you're in playing this game and you're doing things that seem a little bit. Um, like uh what's the word i'm looking for like not important Immoral? yeah or no no not important oh, okay. like when you're doing things like dancing in a dance in a nightclub you're like I-, I have to save earth i don't know what yeah right yeah because things are burning on right. or like from from game to game the the start screen changes so the first game you see it's very the music's very pleasant at the start screen right. second one's a little more dramatic third one there is like pieces of things burning up in the atmosphere on earth yeah and the the music is very dramatic so that kind of sets the mood for the rest of the game there is crap going down on earth Big time. and you're trying to get all of the races of the galaxy to work together and help you save earth because it's going to impact everyone that's what you're trying to tell them and most of them have their own you know, fears or reasons they don't want to cooperate and you basically have to be a negotiator a um an ambassador, a diplomat, you know, to bring them all together. Yeah. And actually some of them are fighting the Reapers on their own front. Yeah. So they don't want to help you because they're, they've got, you know, their own planets to think of. Especially like the, um, uh, Turians, the, the Turians and the Asari, mm-hmm. you know, they're getting, you know, when the Turians was the first place I went anyway. That's, it's just very cool. You get to usually when you get to face one of these Reapers, very scary. <laughs> it is scary. On the second one, you actually go onto the ship. And yes. that's freaky. It's like being on the Borg ship. It is. But the second one, they're like huge and facing you and talk, sometimes talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> and then they try to destroy you. So um, they've sh- uh, shrank the character availability back down to, uh, looks. let's see, eight. There was 12. So Caden is back if he didn't die in the first game like he did for me. Um He's back. Tali is back. Uh, Liara Tassoni is back, as, and she's as a playable character. Garrus Vakarian uh, is back, of course. James Vega is a new character. He's a Marine. I uh, like him. Yeah, he's he's all right. 
Ashley Williams is back as a playable character, and Javik, who is a new character, he is a Prothean. And and Rex, if but not on your team. No, Rex is not but, on the team. But you are. Yeah, Rex was dead for me. So. Oh. He's, yeah. he's he's in he's in charge of all the uh, the Krogan Krogan. Yeah, you know that's you know why he wasn't in my game because I played the male shepherd in in two like my third playthrough and screwed up all my content. So they kind of rewrote a history for me in three. And uh, so Javik is a Prothean. He's a the race that was the last before this cycle. What happens is the Reapers come every fifty thousand years. They wipe out all all organic. Advanced, not every organic species, but every species that has, has advanced to a certain level, they wipe them out because um, they fear the machine versus man or versus organic chaos. Um, and the Protheans were the last people that were in charge, last great empire that got wiped out. And he was in uh, like hypersleep or whatever for all that time. And he gets woken up, and he kind of sounds like a Jamaican. But uh, wait, 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 wait. What is this character? I oh. don't think I played. I don't think I have this character. Oh, he's a downloadable character. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't, I don't have this person. Well, he's a very cool character. You should... ah, very cool. Anyway, he's a Prothean. You wake him up, and he's sort of uh, been. Or he's been through this before, so he actually gets to. Uh, help you defeat the reapers which he takes up very uh takes very personally his whole race got wiped out by them mm-hmm. and Edie, who is uh who Edie was the uh ai on the, the normandy in mass effect 2 and she's voiced by trisha helfer from Bowser galactica and now she gets a body uh a robot body and she can join you on missions which is very and she is into Joker, and he is into her. Yes, they have a role. And in two, they Joker hates her. Oh yes, and she was just a kind of a ball, you know, like a ball of yeah. light in the second like, game, telling him how to run the ship. Yeah, but yeah, she's back. She's uh, got a body, and then Joker's digging the body. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, Joker. Yeah, but what is cool about again? This is Mass Effect Three, so. Um, you really, really do get sort of, again, characters from two now that aren't on your ship will show up like Jack has sort of, Jack has sort of mellowed a little bit and, um, Jack was not in my game. That's so weird. Oh, well she's, she's teaching a bunch of biotic kids and she's protecting a group of children and she's actually kind of becoming a little bit more of a responsible person. Um, but still curses like a sailor. Um, Miranda shows up again, um, and you're sort of involved in helping her and her family. Uh, I'm not saying whether she survives or not. Why uh, not? We kind of ruined a bunch of other stuff. That's true. Well, she ends up dying, but <laughs> which was really sad for yes. me. I really, I did everything I could, like replayed that several times, but just not savable. I was way sadder at Legion's. Uh, sacrifice depending on how you played it but i thought that was a very cool that was a hard decision it was a hard decision but it works out for the best even if the harder decision will work out yeah it was really hard because if you choose the other way tally commits suicide and falls off the cliff i know well i i I did and i was so shocked when that happened like no 
<laughs> I went back, thankfully saved the game before that happened and yeah. replayed it. It is. I mean, this the thing is, I've never ever seen that because I just can't choose the wrong way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think is the wrong way. But if you do everything right in this game, you get this cool fleet battle at the end of the game where like every race is together. Yeah. Very, it's like it's one of the most badass things I've ever seen in a video game. When like all those ships start attacking, it's just so cool. I even got Arya to to come with all of her yeah, me gangsters. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just the thing is in this game, we don't really go into it too much. But in all these games, you there are some sort of seedy characters that you deal with, and you you know you do things for them, even if they're kind of seedy or, or or you know criminal. But um, you get these people to all work together and. Um, no, I really don't know how to talk about Mass Effect ending. Um, Mass Effect 3 had an ending that, that was pretty controversial. I'm sure if you're aware of video games at all or anything, you may have heard. There's a huge fan outcry. They did not like the ending. The ending was very abrupt for originally. Your character, whatever happened to your character happened, and there's no resolution to anything. <laughs> The game just sort of ends um, very quickly, which is a very weird. I even was sort of like, that was kind of weird because like the game is very in-depth. Everything that happens, you sort of, you know, you expected there to be some sort of resolution and there just wasn't. So that they came out, Bioware came out with a, um, a extended ending, which I liked. I think I saw that's the only ending I know, right. thankfully. <laughs> and it, it was okay. It was better than what there was there before. Um, I, it's hard to explain to people like the whole, they didn't sit and play the whole game, but basically what happens is the Reapers are are attacking. You go up to the Citadel to start this, which oh boy, it's hard to so hard to explain this. Anyway, the massive weapon it becomes part of the Citadel, which is that space station. You go up, to, you have this huge battle on Earth, and you're fighting on Earth, and it is. Oh, it's intense. It's it, it's very difficult and very hard, and there's a lot of a lot of st- there's some very annoying enemies like these things called banshees and yes. Uh, just... But you know what? When you play through it and you kick butt all the way through, you really start to believe that you can take on these things on your own. I know. <laughs> In oh, real life, You're like bring them on. <laughs> so, you know, you get to say goodbye to all your friends. There is one part. Uh, before the end where you talk to all the people that... Yeah, that one's touching. Yeah, I liked all that. So I made sure I talked to everybody. Mm-hmm. And then you have this like last push on this big Reaper and you pretty much get blown up. <laughs> and your armor's gone, you're totally messed up, and you go up this thing that's like a transport beam and you... Stagger. Yeah, there's nothing... And you're still having to shoot things as you're right. going. It's pretty crazy. It's, it's like... It's... Pick, Picture like Bruce Willis like at the end of a Die Hard movie, you know, or he's very yeah, he's very traumatic. Yes, you, you're like, oh no, you gotta go, keep going. She's like dragging herself. Yes, and you go up this transport beam and you go up to the to the, the citadel, and you find uh, the admiral up there as well, and you guys are both pretty messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very much like that scene in what's the one where the giant asteroid hits Earth, and. And Bruce Willis has yeah. to go destroy it on, and they're like, on the asteroid together, they're gonna blow it up before it gets yeah, to Earth. Uh, like Arm- Armageddon, right? It's that kind of an ending. Yeah, it is really. Um, and the elusive man is up there too. And if you do it like I did, you could talk him into blowing his head off because he's just crazy. He's got all corrupted by the Reapers. 
Um, so you go up and you you go to activate this weapon, and you talk to this sort of inner little child who is a representative of. It's the AI. It, yeah, it's the AI it's of the of the of the. He's he is the catalyst. Was that what it was? And mm-hmm, anyway, yeah. it's the AI of the weapon. Yeah. And they give you basically three options. You can control the Reapers, which um, means you grab onto this thing and you disin- your body disintegrates and you become like part of the Reapers. You can control them and you can tell them to go away. You can destroy them where you just shoot this thing and it explodes and then your character gets blown up. Or <laughs> you can jump into this beam, which is a synthesis. Everything in the galaxy will become uh, part synthetic and part organic. Um, I know you you were telling me that you had trouble figuring that out when you were playing. Yeah, I just went straight to the middle and jumped in, and yeah. that's what happened. Everything was you know everything became one, and the Reapers started helping, you know, put things back together, and everyone lived happily ever after as Which... cyborgs. But <laughs> I didn't know that there that I could. You didn't tell me walk to the left and you can do this, walk to the right and you can do that. I know it sort of just shows you. And the pathways sort of come down. It's it's a little bit difficult. I've never done the, the destroy one because I didn't want my friends to die. Yeah, you know? me either. So I'm like, well, I don't want uh, Edie to die, and it doesn't seem right. And, and the control one, I I don't know why I didn't do that one. I forget the the, the because they could come back. I think right. or you if the elusive man couldn't control them, then how can you? That's what I was thinking. Right. So the synthesis one seemed like the best option, and uh, you know, so like. You see, like, if that's the ending you choose, you see, like, the leaves have, like, circuits on them. And it's mm-hmm. pretty cool, actually. Joker is, yeah. and everyone has, like, cy- cybernetic implants, and Joker and Edie walk out. That's the part that I like. Joker and Edie are the first people that you see land on an Eden, kind of like the Garden of Eden, and they're Adam and Eve walking out, you know, yeah. together to start a new life. And then everyone else comes out after them. So. Yeah, but your character does not. Make it through the, uh, no, through the third game. Sad, but you know that's the only ending. That you can, I mean, she's she's a badass. I mean, she has to go out in a blaze of glory, and yeah. she did. Yeah, so. I I mean I don't know. We really just kind of ran right through this, but I don't know. It's sort of so such a big subject. It's like to actually almost like talking about. Well, let's talk about Star Wars. Yeah, the <laughs> or no Star Trek. Star Trek over all of all of the series. That's um, kind of how massive it is. But before you finish up, one of the most touching things for me was, I mean, they really put a lot into humanizing Shepard for for you. You know, if you're into reading novels or watching movies, you, you probably really like character stories. They did a lot in this game to really make Shepard more human because she's losing people and she's starting to lose faith. And in one scene, like, she's really... Um, affected by the loss of a little boy. Right. And it haunts her dreams. So throughout the game, you have nightmares where she's she's trying to find the little boy to save him, and he's running away, running away, and you see, like, the ghosts of people that have died during the game. And, and towards the end, that little boy shows up as the AI to the Crucible. Yeah. So, I mean, it all kind of comes back together. And anyway, that was just really touching. And even in the last scene that she had with Caden, um, she has she wakes up, you know, their last hurrah together. She wakes up from that having a nightmare, and he tries to reassure her, but 
you can tell at that moment she just knows she's she's having premonitions that she's not going to make it. So. <sighs> What's up? Are we gonna make it, Caden? <sighs> We're ready. You've put the people together, the vision, and what you've done, Shepard, is build hope. I'm glad I inspired that in you, but sometimes. You're right. Give us hope and a fighting chance. Hell, the Reapers better watch themselves. But there's just so much detail. Like, you can just sort of... It's a really cool universe. And when I was doing my playthrough in the last few months, I really... I started <clears throat> ordering, like, the comic books. And there's an art of Mass Effect book that's really just awesome. Mm -hmm. the, the design in these, in, of these characters and everything, like I said before, is just really, really great. The music, again, uh, we didn't touch on, but the sound, the uh, score is very, very good. It's awesome. I own the first one. I, I mean, haven't bought the others. I have. I have all of them because uh, I'm a dork. But... <laughs> It's very, there's some very different kinds of music. I mean, you know, there is a shepherd, there's like a sort of a shepherd theme that sort of goes throughout. It's very sort of heroic sounding, but there's like a lot of electronic type music. Mm -hmm. There's, it's you very know. Rick Moyer. Oh, yeah. Think <laughs> some parts that. of it, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. And I, I, I wanted to say that there's a, a possibility that the legendary films, I think, is going to be making um, Mass Effect as a movie. And I know you were very grouchy about that when I told you. Not grouchy, <laughs> just reluctant. Because as much as I want to see a Mass Effect film, I would rather not. Because there hasn't been a good track record of video game movies. Mm -hmm. And it's usually done by that idiot, <laughs> that guy that does, that he just ruins you, everything. Yui Ball. Yes. Yeah. And I just have that kind of a vision of what it could be but the other thing for me is commander shepherd to me is a woman sure. and i know i mean everybody has a different shepherd but i don't want to see my shepherd on film because you know they're going to pick a man and that's not my shepherd and not my show you sure. know what i mean so i would probably watch it and be a fan of the movie but at the same time i would feel disconnected you know because it's kind of they personalize it for you you know mm -hmm. making it to where you can make your own character be male or female and give them a backstory and one of the things i wanted to mention because i it just came up in my mind i just re i just remembered when you choose the backstory for your character i went with military kid who had like this really glowing track record well you have conversations she has conversations with her mom who's an admiral so like she she gets on like her um i don't know communication thing and and ha, you know has one little discussions with her mom i'm sure you didn't since you played no. an orphan so yeah. you didn't know that but um anyway there, there's like this whole backstory for my character that's in my mind from playing this game that would not probably exist in a movie yeah because it's different how can they make it match everybody so it would have to be like there probably wouldn't be a commander shepherd if it was a mass effect game well they'd me... have to just make it a universe thing and that would be fine for me well, let's see. This is what the lead the, the the studio head says. It's a story that we love, and it's incredibly sprawling and complex. We're not going to screw up Commander Shepard. That's another one of those things where we're being a little bit precious about it. 
But unless we feel like we can absolutely crack it and know what the movie is, we're just not in the position where we have to make stuff just because we have to. That's the way we treat every one of these. I'm a huge Mass Effect fan. I play. I'm a personally a fan of all these different things, and we don't uh, we don't want to screw them up. So that's the approach we go into on these. The bar is very high, and that's just our approach. So it doesn't sound like they want to just spit something out, which is good. That's very good. And I think I would be cool with it, like I said, if they just didn't even include Shepard. Like, make it about the universe. Don't waste that awesome, rich universe they created you know, for the game. Use it. Well, they've, they've been able to do it with their comics and their novels. Yeah. I mean, they don't even, like I said, you kind of go around the whole Shepard issue. So, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's certainly uh, certainly possible to do it. I mean, it's a great universe. I would really I really wish that there was some other media to, uh, to uh, recommend to people like uh, even an anime. I think there might be an anime. I'm not 100% sure on that. But if. If uh, you have an Xbox or a PC, uh, these are games that you can get for very cheap right now. I think maybe the most you'll spend is twenty dollars for one. Um, and you won't be, you will not be sorry. No, I mean you might if if you haven't played these kind of games, it might take you a little bit to get used to the gameplay. But if you have uh, played any kind of uh, video game, you probably can do this very easily. And I said after I finished playing the first Mass Effect, I said, oh, that was the best sci-fi experience I've had in a long, long time. Yeah. I was pretty serious about it. I was like, it, it was just, you it's know. It's like being a part of a movie. It's the next, it's the closest thing you can get to being in a holodeck. Absolutely. You know, and playing out your favorite kind of genre. You were talking about a movie, but they are, there are plans for another series of Mass Effect games. Yes, that one I know. And there's, which, I've seen a little bit of... Um, a little bit of video, mm-hmm. like of like just of um, of an environment, and that will be the thing that gets me to buy a new system. <laughs> yeah, me too. Or Elder Scrolls. If you come out with an Elder Scrolls game or um, one or a Mass Effect game, then I won't have a choice. <laughs> then I'll just have to go spend this the money. But right now, I haven't had the. Even though they say this new Destiny game that's out is pretty. Mm-hmm. pretty awesome my nothing son has piqued my interest yet. no but destiny looks cool if you're into shooting games and there's a little there's some rpg elements nothing like mass effect though and yeah. that's kind of what i prefer i prefer a little bit more of an in-depth story i don't need i don't you know necessarily just like going around shooting things no me too yeah and i've gotten i have to admit i've been spoiled by knights of the old republic and mass effect because or and um elder scrolls like like you were saying, those are really rich stories and you can choose what kind of character you're going to be. And if that doesn't exist in a new game, I don't have, I have a hard time having an interest in it. Yeah. And people like, I think a friend of mine said to me, why are you playing elder scrolls again? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing else. I love it. I love, I love making a character. I love sort of, um, being in that world and there's all kinds of missions or quests, I guess, in that game. The same thing with mass effect. I said, once, when you're in that world, you just really uh, enjoy it. Um, and it's anyway. I don't know how to. If you if you haven't played it, then I can't. I don't think I can properly descri- uh, describe it to you. But if you have any interest, you should play it. And if you have played it, you're probably like, boy, you're really just we're all over the place in this one. But it's a big thing to cover. Yeah, we didn't even know really how to begin. No, I actually so. said that. I'm like, well, but we kind of had both. Like I said earlier, played through again, and it was seemed like an opportune time to do it. And I didn't think it had been covered, and it hadn't. So, yeah. Anyway, 
there's probably more to talk about here, but you know, I think we've uh, we've done a nice run through of it, and uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what first of all, what class did you play when you when you played? Um, uh, Shepherd Vanguard. Vanguard. I kind of moved around because, like I said, I'm a ranged fighter, so I tried. Um, like in the first playthrough, I tried being a soldier where I could use a sniper rifle. But did you know the ga- the gun was b- broken in Mass Effect 1? No. The sniper rifle? I did not. It didn't work. It. You could never use it. At least for a while, at least my first couple of playthroughs, it didn't work. So that kind of forced me to learn to play, you know, um, more up close and personal, I guess. Huh. So I was an adept one time. It was a vanguard, and I've been a sentinel. So I think the last playthrough is a Vanguard. Oh. But anyway. Yeah. I mean, again, boy, there's so much. There's so much in these games. I mean, there's like a million things. Like if I was just sitting there talking to somebody about like just like bring up like one character, Conrad Werner, who's like this really doofy guy that you come across in – Yes. In the bar. In the first (laughs) game. He wants to be in your game or on your team. In the first one, he's like just sort of a big fan. Yeah. And, you know, you can sort of send him on the wrong path and you can get him killed. <laughs> and he, he shows up in the second game in some real crummy armor, like a like a like like as if he's like wearing like cosplay armor almost. Like oh, it, gosh. It's not, you know, you're, you're like, where'd you get that armor? He's like, oh, well, it's a replica, you know, whatever. And he's out. He, he's like out there acting like he's like some kind of badass. And he, <laughs> it's pretty funny. You know what he did in my game? He had a picture taken with me, or my my shepherd. And then in the third one, I think it was, or maybe was it in second? It was the third one, I think. I see it like a hologram, like a version of Shepherd that he he used it to make some sort of thing that he could sell to people. <laughs> so he's like scamming you when he wants a picture taken with you. It's just, it's just, there's all these little, yeah, little side things, little side things that you do and these cool, these funny little interactions you have. There's these little short aliens called Voluses who are always up to weird stuff. They're uh, usually kind of shifty. Uh, boy, I'm trying to think of something specific, but I can't, there's just a, they remind me of the fat mice on um, the rescuers, you right. know, that's <laughs> kind of, and then there's like the big, what are those big dudes called? Um, Alcor. Alcors. Yeah. They speak very funny. Like they actually tell you what emotion they are feeling because yeah. they can't. They, awkward pause. Awkward. And... <laughs> yeah, you know, but they don't. They don't use emotion when they talk because yeah. they're they're using human language or whatever. But they're they're and they're pretty. They're like these big hulking things, and apparently the. To fight, they put cannons on their. I was backs. gonna say, yeah. yeah, they have these cannons on their backs. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Um. One of the things I was disappointed about was that there was not a lot of interaction with the doctor, who I really liked. I love that. Yeah, Yeah, Chuck Chuck was. I got, I I had my character got drunk with her in Mass Effect 2. I did that too. I did that. And she like passes out on one of the med beds. And then you get up and you're like trying to stumble. Everything's blurry. (laughs) I did the the same thing. Yeah, that was funny. I wanted her to be my character's best friend. You know, and there's just not a lot. You can go back and talk to her and there's nothing else you can talk to her about. But you do end up saving her or or not. I don't know. It depends on how you play the game. But Oh, yeah, and it's Mass Effect 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not sure if there's an option for her not to be saved, but she's sort of like the first person that you save, I think. Yeah. Because like that one crewman, the, your, your yeoman, 
uh-huh. gets sort of mashed up in a tube there. <laughs> oh, yeah, poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. And we're laughing about it. Sorry. Well, it was, I was, I was like, oh, she seemed very nice. <laughs> that's well, tough. that's another character you can romance. Yes. Actually. Yeah. There's a whole, in the third one, there's a whole slew of them. You can, I think, romance the reporter girl. Ugh, and she's her. awful. She is skank. <laughs> <laughs> she's a little skanky. And she actually, doesn't she actually talk about why she dresses that way? Because she gets people to talk to her, I think, or. Yes. I never, she never t- told my character that because my character's female and treated her like dirt. Yeah. So. Yeah, Mass Effect 3. I don't know about Ch- Dr. Chakwas. Oh, there's a whole thing in, in the, the hospital. That's right. Yeah, with Caden or? Yeah, or yeah. whoever. Or, or, or Ashley. A- Ashley, depending on who's in there, yeah. You know, I don't know. You said you didn't like James Vega very much, but eh. I played... I played uh, I've said this a million times. Was a female, so she he treated my character differently. Oh. So he called her he called her Lola, and um, I think at some point she asked, "Why do you keep calling me Lola?" And apparently, Lola was his best friend's sister, who he had the hots for. <laughs> oh, I did not. And he so did. he was he's really he hits on her a lot. So you can choose to like romance him or you know just be friends with him. He did, but he's not, a better he's a good friend. He did not like my character. And yeah, my character, I guess I tried to, um, what do you call it? Mentor him because he's like a, he's a, uh, just a recruit. He's not, he's not an officer. So I, I talked him into going into officer training school. So, well, he he is actually very useful. He's, he's a good, he's good to have on a squad because he's got a lot of powerful weapons. He's an arms master. Yeah. Yeah. So no doubt about it. I mean, I just didn't personally. I'm like, eh, I was kind of like so-so on him as a character. But like you said, apparently there's different interactions. And that's the cool thing about this series. I keep saying it, but like everybody has slightly different experiences. Um, uh, I think just if you're playing a male or a female, you have a. So I've I've never done the female playthrough. Maybe I should one of these days. But you know, I don't know if I have two more months of my life to dedicate. But <laughs> <laughs> just give it another year. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. It's not like they're going anywhere, right? No, they're still on the shelf. It's like popping in Star Wars. Exactly. Yep. So again, I'm sorry if we rambled a little bit, but we both uh, love this uh, series and we're we want to talk about it. So we just recorded it. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, talking about the Mass Effect series again, broad overview, generalizations. Cannot go into too much detail, otherwise this would be the twenty-hour podcast on Mass Effect. You could probably—I'm sure there are Mass Effect podcasts out there. I haven't looked, but I'm sure there is, <laughs> or were. Who knows? Yeah. But anything else you want to talk about, Jen? Or no, that's about it. If you have any comments or questions um you can mail them in to rico and uh what is his email address i believe it is <laughs> trex at sci-fi trek trek SF SF at g- gmail.com that's right yeah or you can find us on the facebook uh just look for trex and sci-fi on facebook or look, look for the forum trex and sci-fi.com you can join the forum there um and that's about it for us uh, we will see you next time. And hey, uh, also check out our uh, Star Wars. Star late. Wars book club podcast called The Star Wars Stacks. 
That's right. Yeah, that's the one we do together. And I yeah. also do the the Anomaly podcast. Yeah. But and also joining us on the Star Wars Axe is Joe. Yeah, Joe is you know upper his, memory block. Upper upper memory block, and he also is the forum. Moderator. I am too, but he actually does it, and I don't. <laughs> I used to, but it's been years. Yep. So. Our, yeah. Our next one will be Shadows of the Empire. Uh, our late, our newest one that's up uh, was I interviewed the author John Jackson Miller, uh, which I had a lot of fun doing. Uh, yeah, that so, was a really good interview. Uh, it it went better than I thought, and uh, almost... yeah, you were calling him John <laughs> by the end of it all. You were calling him by his first name. I didn't even realize that. No. no, not during the interview, but I mean, to me and Joe. Oh, that's right. You're oh, John. To, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, John and I, when we were talking. <laughs> no, uh, it's cool. It's cool. Hey, listen, we have fun, and this is a great hobby. And I love uh, love talking about all this nerdy stuff. Sue, Rico, will be back next time. Until then, uh, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> The end. <laughs> <laughs>